Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell the crooked referees or Roger Goodell. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Nation, we up in this thing, man. Great safe Thank Tank was popping. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys, where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. I'm up in this thing. Shout out to the Who That Nation. I salute you guys. Thank you for joining me for this Monday stream. Please feel free to hit upon the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Put one in the chat if you guys hear me properly. If you can hear me nice and good, put one in the chat. Much love to the fam. I appreciate each and every last one of y'all for being in this thing. So big ups to the fam. I this one entitled Hendon Hooker to visit the Saints. We all know that we love Hendon Hooker and the Who That Nation. We think he'll be a fantastic acquisition. Seeing different boards, man. Seeing Hendon Hooker's draft status tend to rise a bit. I've seen several mock draft experts that have placed Hendon Hooker in the late round or, or early in the second round, I've seen him several times pinned and connected to the Tampa Bay Skunkaneers. We've seen that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I would love Hendon Hooker to be on this squad. So, shout out to the fan. Appreciate y'all for letting me know y'all can hear me nice and good, man. Much love. All right, so fan, appreciate you. Uh, please feel free to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and share the stream on your social media feed. That helps us out big time. Shout out to our LSU Lady Tigers. They took it to that level, man. They dispatched Iowa, blew them out in the national championship game uh, big time. Uh, shout out to Angel Reese and the rest of them, man. 
Alexis Morris, man, she was the midi champion, hitting all those middies, playing tough defense. The Lady Tigers took it to that level. So shout out to the Lady Tigers, man. I got to give them credit, baby. Kim Mulkey handling her business two years in at that thing. Fam, y'all got to go back prior to her. It was like a nine-win team three years ago. Two years later into as in into administration, and LSU is hosting a championship first time. So big ups to our women, man. They just they took care of the business. I love that team. They were playing hard all season long, man. And they took it there. So, but uh the Iowa women, man, they were tough, man. I gotta give it to you. That lady, Caitlin, whatever her name is, oh my goodness. She was just pulling up, shooting jump shots, but she was having some clankers too. You know, she was trying to shoot them back into it. They was over-relying on it to a degree because, you know, that she was trying to get them back in the game. But my goodness, man, they'll be back next year. And that Iowa team, man, let me tell you something. She is going to be. I can't wait to see her at the next level to see how her, Angel Reese, several of the women are going to take the leagues to new heights, man. So, man, that would love that. Anyway, shout out to the fan. Appreciate y'all being in this thing. Dana, shout out to your queen, Molly. Shout out to your high rise number eight, OG Jerry, Ant-Man, Reggie, Jeremy. All right, Phantom, good to see you in this thing as well. Big ups to you, Tyra. What's up, T-Mama, baby? Good to see you in the chat. Much love, Queen. Good to see you. Ferg318 is in this thing. My dog, Trey Joseph. Shout out to you, Gundam, is in the building. Shout out to Brother Gundam. Elites in this thing. Shout out to you as well. Kevin, I see you, fam. Archangels, shout out to you. with the And that's our Falcon people. Uh, much love <laughs> top Falcon people. All right. So uh, DJ Twigger, what's happening, brother? Good to see you in the thing. My dog KT is in this thing. DB, shout out to you as well. Good to see you. Saints Pell Nation is in this thing as well. Joe Gidry, shout out to you, Joe. Jarrell's in this thing. Slim's in this thing. Everybody's in this thing. Appreciate all y'all, man. All right. Good to see you. All right, I think I got everybody. Brother Prime, shout out to you. Good to see you, fam. Joseph, I see you, fam. Much love. St. Doug, what's popping, baby? All right, all right. G-Money says, stop wasting that time, that man time. We're not going to draft him in the (laughs) Well, you know, G-Money, you never know where they might fall at, bro. I've seen some crazy drafts, man, where guys were really top talent. They slid all the way down and found themselves uh, somewhere else. So you never know how it goes on draft night, a lot of unpredictable things could could happen uh, for uh, uh, in terms of Hendon Hooker, man. So a lot of people playing like they don't need them, but then next thing you know, you see four or five quarterbacks taken between the first, the first and the middle of the second round, bro. It can pop. It can pop. You can see five quarterbacks come off the board uh, between the first round and the middle of the second round. You can see about five of them come off the board quick. You see. And they still got a lot of really good quarterbacks in this draft. You know what I'm saying? Not ones with a high grade. But after the third round, oh, yeah, you got quite a, a bunch of them. Remember, just because you don't get a guy in the first round or the second round or the third round don't mean that he won't be a starter for you. Just look at Tom Brady, where he was picked up at. And there are many other people that you can go to that made a career, that took teams and won a lot of games for them in the pros that, didn't, that wasn't first or second or third round draft picks. So, you know, this is it all goes to the heart and the determination of the player and the team he's he's with. All right, Mocha, shout out to your fam. Appreciate appreciate you. Quavadia, shout out to you. Good to see you. Derenique, shout out to you. Appreciate you being here. Will, good to see you, fam. Colorado, shout out to you as well. Good to see all y'all, man. Much love to y'all. Molly Mall, I see you, fam. Shout out to you. Yeah, Steph, she says Stefan 
Stephanie Curry. <laughs> man, she could shoot that ball, man. Let me tell you something. Mr. Who that shout out to you. She could shoot that ball. She just didn't shoot it against them Tigers. She couldn't do it against them Tigers. Now, they had a couple of questionable calls in there against the Iowa women, you know, but, you know, you know, the Iowa women start throwing them bowls like it was ludicrous. <laughs> and the referees wasn't having that, man. You can't be throwing them bowls, man, like you ludicrous or somebody, man. People going to catch on to you. And that's what happened, man. You know, they got a little too physical for their taste, and that was the end of it. <laughs> they marched them on out of there, man. It would have been a blowout, a bigger blowout, had it been for the third quarter when the whistles kind of went toward Iowa and they got quiet on the LSU front. But then LSU didn't relent. You know, different players took over the game at different times. You had Angel early on. Then you had then you had uh, Jasmine. She started hitting those threes. Then they were up by 20 at the first, at the half. And then what happened? Then you had Alexis came on there in the in the in the second half and just just took it. it just, so it just goes. It was a complete team effort because you've seen different players move into different spots during the different parts of the game and they dominated. Like Alexis Morris was huge. She was playing defense. Not only that, but she was getting to her spots and she was hitting those mid, she was hitting the mid-range shots and was just all just pulling up, knocking them down. It was just you know, the ladies was fantastic, man. I really enjoyed watching them win that championship. Gundam says, Big Q question. What's your assessment on Ole Miss wide receiver Jonathan Mingo? I think Mingo, that's a KT special, man. KT loved that guy. Uh him. And uh, I was looking at his tape, and I was like, KT, I thought KT said Metcalf that he reminds, but it wasn't Metcalf, it was A.J. Brown. And I was like, you know what? I can see that. I can see that. I can see him becoming that. Now, he don't have the top-end speed that you would look, but the physicality and uh, the determination, how he plays the game, how he pay, plays attention to his route running, strong hands. I mean, Jonathan Mingo is – He's something else, man. Uh, it just I wonder where he goes in the draft, though. All right, shout out to you. David said, what's up, David? Did, 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 did someone say hooker? <laughs> yes, we did. So we're going to cover that today. All right, so anyway, shout out to the fam, man. Good to see y'all in the stream, man. I, I really uh, – uh, I see you, DeWine. Shout out to you, brother. What's up, my brother, J- uh, St. John Butler? Shout out to you, my friend. Good to see you in the chat. Hope you and the family are doing well, man. Much love to you. Molly says, I'm my Mickey – she says – I'm my Mickey Luma's voice. Now y'all calm down. We're going to draft him. I don't want to give it away. Okay, so in your Mickey Luma's voice, so your voice would be like, Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes. It's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Now y'all calm down. We're going to draft them. I just don't want to give it away. There you go. See, the, the Mickey thing is like, okay, Q, how to, give me a lesson on how to do a good Mickey Lomas. And I would say, Mickey has a wind up. You know, he has a wind. You know, it's like he winds up, you know. It also is a mechanism that buys him time to, try to, to come up with the answer to the question that whatever the media personality is asking him. So it's like, okay, Mickey, 
What's your favorite color? Well, you know, it's black and gold. No, it's not, Mickey. You work for the black and gold. It's not black and gold. I can see why you're saying that because you're trying to get some brownie points. But, you know, that's how it's a wind up. It's a wind up to the Mickey. So if you're going to do Mickey Loomis, you just can't come out the gate saying, yeah, yeah. no, it don't work like that. You got to wind it up. It's a wind up. It's like an old jalopy. You start it in the morning to get it going and it start. And then it starts working because everything gets to flowing. That's Mickey Loomis. <laughs> you turn Mickey on. How you doing this morning? Oh, hey, how you doing, Mickey? How you doing, brother? I'm hanging in there. And then it's like, you know, it's a space and a drag in between. So that's a lesson on how to do the Mickey, man. If y'all trying to perfect y'all inner Mickey, I just gave y'all some lessons, some game for free. Shout out to your troll. What's up, Devon? Shout out to your fan. Appreciate you being in this thing as well. Much love to you. All right, so fam, anyway, let me get to the share screen as we get it popping up in this thing, man. And this is the, the, the uh, you know, the news of the day in part. And we got several stories that we're going to go over in today's stream. But this is the one that a lot of the who that's like. And remember, Cam Jordan tweeted about this, too. He said, get car and you know, da, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And then he said, draft hand and hooker. Remember, Cam said that. What's up, Tyrone? Shout out to you, man. What's up? Oh, late April, bro. Shout out to you. BJ, what's up, dude, bro? Good to see you. T-Roy, what's up? <laughs> Y'all crazy, man. All right. So, yeah, there you go, Molly. You like that one, huh? That, that's what you got to remember. You got to remember the wind-up now. Yeah, why now? Yeah, yeah. And then Mickey goes, it's levels, peaks, and valleys to Mickey's. Uh, his his voice, it goes, you know, it's peaks and valleys. Oh, why now? You see how it goes up and down there? See, I've been listening to this guy for twenty for a long time, man. So it kind of it just it just grows on you. All right. So anyway, Saints to host Hendon Hooker on visit today. The Saints are bringing in Volunteers quarterback uh, Hendon Hooker on a visit Tuesday. The Saints are bringing in him, and this is this came by way of a, a tweet. Shout out to Jen, uh, John Hendricks that was inspired by Ian Rappaport, who was dropping it by Hendon Hooker's flying today for a visit to the Saints tomorrow. Sources says coming off a clean ACL tear. Hooker's prospects for the 23 season are positive. New Orleans picks 29th. Now, the thing is, they say, well, Q, realistically speaking, do you think they take Hendon Hooker in the first round? I don't think so. Maybe in the second round. And you say that based on the fact that the Saints have, you know, aggressively appeased the majority of their needs, you know, most of the needs for the team. We're talking about they got the starting quarterback. They settled the backup quarterback with Jameis. They gave Elvin Kamara a very good insurance policy and a compliment in Jamal Williams. Love that move. They even picked up a wide receiver and added to the phrase somebody that I, the new quarterback is familiar with in Brian Edwards, 6'3", 220 pounds, big physical guy who goes across the middle and do some of the similar things that Mike Thomas is. He's not Mike Thomas, but he does some of the similar things. So that was a good acquisition. They tried to get the tight end in Foster Monroe. He had the medical issue, so the Saints still – more than likely going to address the tight end, the veteran tight end position to add to uh, the team. They added some depth in the uh, offensive line. They, they got the offensive line together. Remember, James Hurst is the swing lineman. You had Storm Norton there. He comes in. They read up with Kelvin Throckmorton. You still have Landon Young there. So the Saints going to definitely bring in some guys uh, in, in the free agents in the ranks. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints actually drafted the offensive lineman, to be honest, which if one higher enough falls to him early on. Wouldn't be surprised about that move at all because you're looking at what's going on with Andrews Pete. His deal basically works down to be this is the final year of his deal. And the Saints could be 
uh, be value shopping or looking for players for the upcoming season or the season after this season, let's say 2024. You know, so what's intriguing and interesting is that we'll see how it all shakes and folds, but Hooker's coming off that ACL uh, situation. And Hooker will undoubtedly be a prospect that many will pay a close attention to during the back half of the first round. If Hooker doesn't go by then, he'll undoubtedly be a very high day two priority. New Orleans seemed fairly set at the quarterback position with Carr and Winston, and visits are just those right now. Now, Carr was signed to the four-year deal. Winston elected to come back on the one-year deal. The Saints have a bit more pressing needs to address currently, but you never say never, especially when it's coming down to the Saints especially when that is concerned. Shout out to you, Brian. Good to see you. Coach Ty, Tyrone, shout out T. What's up, Diesel? Shout out to my brother Diesel in the building as well. Good to see you. What's up, Rose? Shout out to you, brother. Good to see you. Thank y'all, fam. Hit the like button. What's up, Cheryl? Shout out to the Queens, man. Yeah, and this is, what's up, Tori? Shout out to my brother Tori, man. But yeah, this is a positive, man, in many regards. And of course, the Saints are just doing their due diligence. We know what this is. Saints doing their due diligence. That's just what they do. They're talking to this guy. They're talking to that guy. And you never know what it'll lead to coming up into the draft. But it's a quarterback high. Now, listen, I've heard the Saints do like Hendon Hooker, but like the article, like the writer said in the article, that it could possibly be a situation where the Saints are looking for another need. Now, if we take what Bob was telling us when he popped up on the show uh, a couple of shows back, he was talking about, yeah, Q, uh, he mentioned, he said uh, that we know about K- uh, Kalen Sanders is the, the, I mean, Kalen Sanders is the defensive tackle. Out, out the uh, other guy opposite of him is Nate Shepard. And based on the money that it looks like Nate Shepard and Sanders will be your starters, but you definitely need depth. Uh, Malcolm Roach is there. You, can, you got two new passing. You, know, you can kick him inside if you need to, but you definitely need another guy, right? So is that the guy high? Are you good with who you got or do you take a, draft pick with the first round like a like a defensive tackle you take a defensive tackle with the first round pick doesn't he start at first maybe originally the first year but does he start so we look at it uh you know at the team and you're like okay the most impressive needs the Saints have is based on what they do leading up to the draft and we still have several weeks before the draft kicks in you know but do the Saints ultimately decide on hey what we're going to do is we're going to go get a veteran and help out there then draft somebody but I, I definitely think they'll take defensive interior, defensive line, and a, a defensive end because they got a lot of good ones in here that you can get between one and even as deep as four, depending on how good your draft board is. They got guys that you could pick up in the sixth and seventh rounds that can kind of come in and provide some depth and help. But they have very good interior defensive linemen of all varieties that you're looking for that's available in this draft, very rich in it. So can the Saints afford to move around and do certain things? They've kind of set themselves up to have some leverage based on some of the moves that they've been able to make. But definitely, if you're looking at the future, I could de- definitely see the Saints looking at the offensive linemen. I could see the Saints looking at the defensive linemen, I could, uh, defensive end, defensive linemen, depending on who falls to them and how the draft board is ranked out. So anyway, this is good news. So the Saints are taking a due diligence looking at Hendon Hooker. Remember, the ACL thing is something we talked about. According to some of the reports, it's saying that he should be ready for the regular season. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. We'll know how true that is until they get uh, real people to take a, a deeper look, a dive into his uh, situation to see where he is. Cause he, if it wasn't for this ACL situation, he would definitely be one of the top three quarterbacks that they're looking at. You got to respect what he's done in college. You really do. All right. So let's move on from that, man. Next article right here is from my boy, Bob Rose. Shout out to him. 
as Saints re-sign Andrew Dowell. So they got Dowell back. The Saints uh, get a special teams member back in the fold. Now, we talked about the linebackers before, and the Saints are sticking to what they got. Shout out to Carla for being a uh, Pro Star 1 member for 16 months. Shout out to your queen, Carla. Good to see you in the chat. What's up, J-Rock? What's popping, baby? My dog. Shout out to you, fam. This is And this is the thing we, ch- we talked about, Andrew. He's back, and he's a good special teams guy for the Saints. He comes back. And the, we still was looking, I was like, man, we still might need some help there, you know, because Pete, Pete Werner, he gets banged up because he plays uh, tougher than his body could take. Demario Davis is getting older. So if something happened to those guys, who do we have? Well, DeMarco Jackson is there, the fifth-round draft pick. Uh, but we don't know what he looks like. We know we've seen what he did in Appalachian State when he played. He was fierce. But in terms of him contributing in a meaningful role due to injury, that's yet to be determined. I'm, I'm thinking positively, you know. But you got Zach Bowen there. So, <laughs> so Zach Bowen, I know y'all excited and breaming and jumping up and down with excitement because Zach Bowen has your back. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Zach Bond has your back, and he'll be the guy in there. So Dowell has added that 26-year-old in his fifth year with New Orleans played at Michigan State, 260 tackles, 16 stops, six sacks. That's when he was there for four seasons. Uh, not being selected in the 2019 draft, was signed by the Cowboys, released at the end of the training camp. Saints picked him up midway through the 2019 campaign, re-signed him to a future deal, and he had some spots. Well, he played really well for the Saints in the special teams capacity. He has Yes, potential. But seeing these guys in a meaningful role, I still say if you're the Saints, you still need a veteran there. Wouldn't be a bad thing either if the Saints looked in the backyard of the said the Tulane Greenway, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. And get a guy named Dorian Williams from Tulane. Would the Saints draft a Tulane guy? We know they're not taking any LSU guys unless... You know, they ended up picking up B.J. Ojolari. Well, we'll never know. We'll know and we don't know yet anyway. But could they be a Tulane guy in the future for them? Or, or strictly could the Saints just say, hey, let's do what we did years prior and find an Eric Wilson type or perhaps even a Quan Alexander? You know, could we find a guy like that, a veteran presence that can come in and kind of help us out right there? I still say that's an issue because we're, you know, you're putting Zach Bowen in that spot as your third linebacker. And although Zach Bowen is a guy that has uh, showed some glimpses, he's still as a third round draft pick 
got outplayed by a seventh-round draft pick named Caden Ellis, who got a contract off that thing with the Atlanta Falcons. So let me tell you something, man. I'm only saying this about Bowen. Has Bowen been here for a while? It's time for him, and of course, this is his final year anyway, for him to step up and do his thing. Shout out to him as face SQ. Last mock I seen from Bucky at ESPN has the Saints taking a tight end out of Notre Dame. Yes, yeah, I seen that too. They said a tight end. I don't know if I would do that. You know what I'm saying? Juwan, I understand what the Saints are trying to do. They're trying to get more of uh, the, 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 the talking point is the Saints trying to get a more traditional tight end. But that would say that the Saints are not satisfied with Troutman, the guy they moved up with and gave a, you know, moved, drafted in the third round. So if that is indeed the case, do that means that we are done with Adam Troutman? Remember, he had aspirations to start. And I know we got a lot of people that don't like the fish man, but at the end of the day, doesn't that what that means? So I'm looking at it like this. The saints still have confidence, right? in Zach Bourne, right? He hasn't been cut. He hasn't been traded, right? They, they got him sitting up there as the third linebacker, right? They have not lost confidence in, in Zach Bourne where we have, right? Cause he hadn't showed us anything. He got buried on outplayed by other players. Could they be extending that same mindset toward the fish man, toward Adam Troutman? You see what I'm saying, family? What do you think about that? You know, you know, because I'm thinking the energy flows this way. Doesn't it flow the same way to this guy too? Because Troutman, after all, they see Troutman as a good tight end to them. Now, you can't beat out what Jawan Johnson does because Jawan Johnson is a wide receiver that converted to tight end, which is what he was supposed to be. They made the conversion. It was perfect because he could block, he can catch. He just needs to get more consistent. So, but, and then on top of that, the Saints, most teams, offense like to use three tight ends. Well, that's old Sean Payton, three tight end type type situation, but at least more, the, the more current style NFL teams like to use two tight ends when they roll out that package, the two tight end package. So does it mean that, when you do that, does that mean that's the end? That basically relegates or delegates uh, Troutman, the fish man, to a third tight end role, right? So is that what we going on here? I've seen them doing – now, when they were addressing the tight end position, they brought in Foster Monroe. They just wanted a veteran that be added to, to the tight end room, not to replace anybody. You, you see what I'm saying? Just a young veteran to fortify the tight end position. You see? They wasn't looking to, like, just remove or say, listen, Foster, you're going to be the guy that replaces the fish man. You know, that, that's not what I've seen in the Foster Monroe attempt had he had passed his physical. But th- this is the thing. You know, I'm, I'm looking at one action versus another action. I know sometimes they can differ a bit, but they're not all out on Troutman. You see, they're, they're really not. They still think Troutman's a good tight end that can has, pro- has uh, you know, potential and that could – eventually take the next step. But Jawan Johnson, man, you know, but I understand what they're trying to do, try to get more of a, a inline if they if they looking at it from that perspective. But that means that you're done with the fish, man. But Foster Monroe, a young veteran, was coming just to sturdy the run. That's just how I seen it. So, you know, anyway, Dowell is the guy the Saints bring in with the rest of the linebackers here. We still need a veteran guy. Wouldn't be surprised if the Saints take a linebacker in the draft. Dorian Williams can go to the, I think, in, He's a guy that can get picked up in the third round, between the third and the fourth round. I don't see Dorian Williams falling outside of the fourth round unless people, it's something really bad going on here. You see what I'm saying? All right, so anyway, let's move to this one. This is the question I'm throwing at the Who That Nation. Then we're going to flash back to the draft momentarily. Shout out to Canal Street Chronicles with this great article. 
that I wanted to go over with you. All right, St. John said, I'd love to see the Saints grab Hooker since Jameis is on the one. Yeah, exactly. And the Hendon Hooker move would be a futuristic move. When you dropped a draft, the quarterback, that didn't conflict. Just to address, uh, uh, to address Brother John's uh, comment, when you dra- listen, it's a cute. They're not going to take this, the thought, the, the pro- thought process into who that nation, what some people is. Q, they're not going to draft Hendon Hooker with the first or second round draft pick. Why? Because we just spent, uh, paid four years, I've paid $157 million, $100 plus million for, uh, for a four year deal with Derek Carr. Hmm. Okay. But you do realize this is the NFL, right? Where people get hurt. You got Jameis on a one year deal. You would want to do the Hendon Hooker thing now. And the reason why I say that is because you don't need him right now. He can sit for a year even two years or three years. But listen, it's, it's that, that process is like, okay, four years is not long-term, fam. That's not long-term. When we talk about learn long-term, we're talking about a quarterback that will run your team for five to ten years. That's long-term. We ain't talking about four years. you know. And by the time Carr's contract expires, he's going to be in his middle 30s. Now, listen, unless we advocating and doing this Drew Brees nonsense, well, we, hold, we held Drew all the way till he was 40 years old, and thinking we're going to do that with Derek Carr, you be that it'll be the wrong decision to make. We don't need to go back and create and keep going through these cycles from a historical standpoint. We should have learned. We should learn this year when Davenport ended up being a bust because that's what the hell he was. And remember, the Saints chose Davenport over Lamar Jackson, who could potentially end up in the NFC South. Hmm. Potentially. So Lamar Jackson is out there looking to get traded. Now, that was a bust. Nobody could sit up here and say, well, cute. Nah, Davenport wasn't a bust. I was the last one to call him a bust, but he's in Minnesota right now. So he is a bust. <laughs> it was a bad decision. But at the end of the day, we can't change history. What could we do, family? Simply learn from it. So with that mindset, you would want to correct that by getting you a quarterback, right? You get him in the second round, right? Saints pick at 40 in the second round. Hopefully he's still there. If he's there, you snatch him. Because he'll be high on your board. That's a guy you put there. He sits there. And another caveat to it. You would want to draft him and sit him on your team. So after the fact, remember, guys get hurt all the time. They get hurt all the time. I'll tell you what, just going back from a historical standpoint and imagine it, if Drew Brees, when Drew Brees got hurt that time and had they had drafted uh, Lamar Jackson, right? Had they had drafted Lamar Jackson, you know, let me tell you something. If they would have drafted Lamar Jackson, man, that would have that that would have helped push Drew Brees into retirement a lot quicker. Let me tell you something, because when if, if they had drafted him and Drew went down down with that injury, that next year and Lamar came and showed you what he can do, that would that after that that would have kind of shortened his career. See, he they we held on to Drew because we didn't and there and and uh, brass mind didn't have more of a valuable replacement or a viable replacement for Drew long term. So hopefully we don't do that foolishness anymore and try to talk about, hey, man, we can keep Derek Carter. He's 40 years old. Let's do him like we did Drew Brees. No, <laughs> let's not do that. So anyway, you know, that's what I think about him. I think it'll be a good move to pick up Hendon Hooker. That's a guy that'll take you five next five to 10 years into the future. He's a big quarterback. That's accurate. That's smart. You know, he has he, he's, he's, he has some degree of escapability. He's not super fast or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray fast, but he can move around if you need to. Slide around, good pocket awareness. 
you know, like I said, the only thing about him is I tend he tend to hold on to the ball a little longer, but he can make all the throws, short, intermediate, intermediate, and the D ball throw. I mean, he's very talented, and you can't really pass up on somebody like that. Shout out to your brother, trying. Good to see you. What's up, Jay Huntsbury in the building? Good to see you, brother. All right, uh, KT says, Q, did you get a chance to look at the film on Lindsey Scott? Yeah, I did see some of it, not all of it. I was looking at, not on Clayton. I, I think uh, well, Clayton Toons, the other guy, I, I didn't get an opportunity to look at the Clayton film, KT, but I did get to watch Lindsey Scott, man. That is That was a hell of a film, man, to watch with Lindsey Scott. 60 touchdowns in one season. It's, uh, it's one season. is unbelievable. The man had 60 touchdowns. We're talking about passes. He had 11 rushing touchdowns to go with the 60 passing touchdowns. So that is absolutely amazing. I don't know if there ever been a quarterback that I've seen in college that had 60 passing touchdowns. Now, he played for incarnate word, but, man, look, the only word you need to know is 60 touchdowns. (laughs) You beat who you play against, you know what I'm saying? You dominate whoever they line up against you. You can't, uh, you know, help who you play. You just got to go out there and defeat them. But, yeah, that guy, man, that dude is awesome, man. Watching him move around and make the throws, man, what? We're going to have to do a little studying on him. All right. All right, Jeffrey, shout out to you, brother. I see you, Josh, in the back. He says, if they draft Lamar, Saints would have won. Yes, bro, yes. Lamar Jackson changes the whole trajectory of what the Saints look like going into the future. You would still have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback right now. You still have him. You know, you still have Lamar as your quarterback right now. You would, and then under Coach Payton, Coach Payton would have ran him into the teeth of the defense like them people that was doing up there. You know, I was like, why? Why do you? Why do you have design run plays for him? Like, if the play breakdown, that's one thing. But I don't want to feed Lamar Jackson to the opposing defenses. Don't we have running backs that can do that, or scat backs, or wide receivers, or whatever? Can we throw them at them? Can we keep Lamar back here somewhere, like they did with Kyle Murray? Uh, out there, they would run Kyler Murray, <laughs> design run plays for Kyler Murray. No, 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 let's not do that, man. <laughs> let's not feed my quarterback to their damn defense if we can help it. Anyway, let's get into this. Will the Saints regain control of the NFC South, baby? That's a big, great, and grand question posed by our friends at Canal Street Chronicles. Love this question. And, uh, and shout out to Sterling because he does a really good article on that. Uh, breaking it down. 504 Code says, Q, uh, Mickey and organization got to be watching the <laughs> We It, it is kind of crazy. We'll talk about things and then they'll come around and do it. We talked about Jonathan Abram, then Jonathan Abram here. We talk, I mean, it, it, I mean, they do have uh, several individuals in the building as part of the ticket department and the graphics department that do listen to the comb. I know this for a fact. Now, whether it's getting to Mickey, I'm pretty sure Mickey. I heard some things because there ain't too many people doing the Mickey Loomis thing in, in, uh, <laughs> and picking up on the Mickey voice, man. So, you know, if somebody was doing my voice, man, I, I you know, you know, I'd be, you know, and I hear it, I'd be laughing. I was like, yeah, man, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good big Q. <laughs> yeah, pretty big, big Q you got there, brother. You know, so anyway, it's all good. All right. Shout out to you. David says, some, someone said Anthony Richardson was Deshaun. Oh, no, man. No. <laughs> no. Look, uh, look, Anthony Richardson, man, the young quarterback from Florida, is a, is has a high ceiling, a lot of potential. But he needs a lot of work, man. He does need a lot of work. Now, I, I've seen him throw some passes and do some things. But outside of that, I don't know, man. I, I think that, uh, you know, 
he he has some work, so we'll see. James said, I'm with you, Q. I'm actually hoping they prioritize the QB position. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. You know, we got to. I just don't want to repeat the history. Saints regained control of the NFC South in 2023. Will the Saints return to their former glory? Of course, we didn't have that because of the uh, bringing in of the Tom Brady situation and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did their little thing there with the team. But how about this situation? Let's cover this one here. All right, past couple of years, Saints falling short in the pursuit of the NFC South with the retirement of Drew and the quarterbacks oversaw that was engulfed this team since then. The Saints have lacked consistency since the departure of Drew Brees. And to add on to that, Brady has also lurked around the division for the past few years as well. He won a Super Bowl with them Buccaneers. With all that being said, none of those things are factors anymore as Tom Brady's retired. The Saints also finding their quarterback of the future in Derek Carr. Can the Saints find themselves atop the NFC South once again? Like the days of old. Now, listen, I'm not going to come at this as like a person that's a who that man, like you got the who that ladies and who that men out there listening to the stream. We got some other family members out there uh, looking, looking at it, too. So I'm not going to after I read this, I'm going to give my spiel on it, but I'm going to not come at it as a biased man. I'm going to just tell the truth across the board. Revamped offense with the Saints adding more depth to the offensive lineup by the day. Other NFC South defenses may have their hands full come September. Elvin Kamara and Jamal Williams in the backfield, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas attacking you through the air, and the powerhouse of Taysom Hill. I see no reason the Saints can't regain dominance over the mostly diminishing NFC South. Now, I don't see them as diminishing. I won't say that. All right, competing with the Panthers. Carolina seems to be uh, attempting to build their own version of a powerhouse offensively during this offseason with the addition of former Saints QB Andy Dalton, DJ Chalk, Adam Thielen, and other acquisitions that are soon to be coming up in the draft. The Panthers may prove to be a threat to New Orleans' hopes and dreams. Luckily, with Dalton at the helm, defensive coordinators in New Orleans will know what to prepare for. It'll surely be a fun time in 23, the type of fun that's been missing in, in New Orleans for a while. And that's just very true. Now, let's talk about it from this perspective. Can the Saints really gain control in the NFC South, win the NFC South, and take control of it? A lot of the supposed experts see the NFC South as a uh, a, uh, a weak division. Now, the Saints made some really, really really good moves to improve some minuses, okay? The problem with the offense last year, and you guys know what it was, in quarterback, at the top of the team, it said we had issues with quarterback. We had a banged-up Jameis Winston. And we had a, a Andy Dalton that was there and then wasn't there, wasn't completely happy with his role, sharing it with Taysom Hill. So we had to watch that funk happen on the offensive side of the ball. We had to watch Pete Carmichael severely underutilize Elvin Kamara in some of these games. Not completely. In some of these games last year, he would start off using them good and then it would fade. The play calling would fade away from your playmakers. I don't understand how you do that. I don't understand how, if you're a coordinator, that you should be player uh, playmaker-centric. You know, it's all be centered around the playmakers. It wasn't like Elvin Kamara wasn't available for some of these games. He was just severely underutilized in Carmichael's first full year as a coordinator under Dennis Allen. Does that change? Fair question, right? Severe underutilization of the Saints' supreme assets, the ones that were available last year, is what the playmaker, uh, play caller, Pete Carmichael did to his own detriment and the detriment of the offense and the detriment ultimately of the entire team. So when you span forward, can he fix that? 
Well, one way you fix that is by having a quarterback that is a leader that would challenge the offensive coordinator on his play calling. And remember, Carr is, is, is a leader. He's a guy, and that's something that we missed last year in offense for the majority of the season, was a leader at the quarterback position. You cannot win without a quarterback. You know, anywhere a leader went at the position. So he does that. He brings leadership to the offense, and he will challenge Pete Carmichael on his play call, and Pete Carmichael will more than likely won't be arguing with Derek Carr about which plays. Now, he's just going to give me what you want to do, and he'll tell him, and they'll do it. So it'll be more of an agreeable relationship between Pete Carmichael and Derek Carr because Carmichael is not one of these guys that uh, will fuss and complain and da, 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 all this kind of stuff, right? He won't, you know, get up in your face and all this stuff. He's an agreeable character. So he will work with Derek Carr. So that brings harmony and it allows Carr to function in the offense. The great, one of the best things Carr does, do, does that he does well that the Saints didn't do well last year is throw the ball down the field. I mean, he slings the sucker down the field, right? And we got guys that can go and get it. Remember, when we did throw the ball, most of the time the ball was was severely underthrown by Andy Dalton. Our weapons had to, our wide receivers had to wait for the ball to get to them. It was very few times, if any, that I seen when the ball was thrown down the field that you seen a card, uh, any of our wide receivers take off, run up under it, and just head on up to the to the touchdown. That won't happen with Carr. Carr gonna lay that thing out there and put it right ahead of the guys where they can catch it and keep running. So that brings a lot, and that helps your running attack because defenses can't clutter your the, the, the line of scrimmage and say, okay, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us passing because we don't believe you can beat us passing. We're not going to let Elvin Kamara beat us. So having a guy that can chuck it deep, and it's pretty a pretty damn good deep ball thrower, backs the defenses up off you. It creates space underneath to allow satellite backs like Elvin Kamara or power backs like Jamal Williams Wake up at Holiday Inn Express to a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. Count on all the hot, fresh coffee you need and an incredible breakfast buffet that has something for everyone, like eggs, cinnamon rolls, and even hot, fresh pancakes with all the toppings you crave. Next time, do yourself a favor and stay at a Holiday Inn Express with a can't-miss breakfast that's free with every stay. So, when you wake up at Holiday Inn Express, you'll wake up happy, a part of IHG Hotels and Resorts. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. The, to bludgeon your defense up the middle. So the Saints did a have a guy in there that can make opposing defenses afraid of them. So that is something we didn't have last year. So you will want to see that translate as positive. So I think that or I think that's really positive because we simply didn't have 
this stuff last year. We didn't have it. And it contributed to why the Saints offense looked as funky as it did last year. You see? So it is it's positives in my in, in in my mind frame about the offense. Defensively speaking, they added, they got rid of guys. David on your model, longtime defensive end for the Saints and undrafted shy Tuttle. And people, you know, now the thing is, it don't hurt that much that David Onyemata is in Atlanta, right? Why? Because Onyemata and Shai Tuttle stunk last year in the interior. They were giving up 120-plus yards a game up the middle. So you had a saggy, soggy interior defensive line that was broken, inter- broken to the point where guys was offensive linemen were getting through there and putting hands on Demario Davis and drive, driving them. See, and that's the thing. When you see uh, interior a defensive lineman can't hold up. They're not penetrating. They're getting pushed back like they own skates. Linemen that they, that are guys are supposed to be commanding double blocks, and Onyemata was getting double blocks. Shy Tuttle wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, or vice versa. All extra offensive linemen leak off the off the block as the other guys handling him, and then was able to go to the second level, block out uh, Demario Davis, and create lanes for their people to run behind him, and then it, it upsets everything. But with Saunders. And Shepard there, and whoever the Saints add via the draft, that will it'll be interesting to see. Did the Saints fix that? Because they most certainly couldn't do worse than that. You couldn't do no worse than what the interior defensive line did last year. Simply, right? That was awful last year. It contributed to a lot of losses because we could not get off the field. We couldn't get off the field. The defense could not get the offense. You know, the special teams was cooking. They, all, they, they were cooking, and then they start running on you, and then next thing you know, the defense out there for these long drives, they're getting tired, and because of the de- the interior defensive line is getting gashed. They're getting ran on by third-string backs, unknown. I'm like, who is this guy? What unknown running back going to run for 100 yards on the Saints this week? You know what I'm saying? Remember Tyler Igeri, the bowling ball just destroyed the Saints? You know, so we've seen that happen all year. Does that change? Because it simply don't – it can't get any worse, right? So you're looking at it and you're saying, damn, that was bad. The Saints are addressing it. The offense definitely got some help there. We were weak there. So you would think that that would lead to positive change. There's also a big caveat. Dennis Allen. Does Dennis Allen stay out of the way? Meaning that, you know, the stupid things that he was saying last year, does he learn anything? And based on some of the things I was listening to him when he do talk, I was like, oh. But the thing is, just simply stay out of the way. When things are flowing, don't phone them up. You know what I'm saying? Don't mess them up. You know, that's that's another thing about the whole Saints paradigm. Now, going at other teams like Carolina, they mentioned Carolina because the obvious fact, Carolina wants to win. It fired its crappy head coach of yesteryear. The guy couldn't do anything. He beat the Saints, though. I mean, uh, <laughs> Carolina swept the Saints last year, right? And the Saints had both those damn games under the helm and let them go. But anyway, they get this, they get Frank Wright in there. He puts together a really great staff of talent offensively and defensive coach wise. They're looking good. They keep the energy flowing. They acquired a first round draft pick in the, in uh, this year, the first number one overall pick in the draft. They looking for a quarterback, whether it's CJ or whether it's Bryce, they're going to get a quarterback. They made some really good moves and getting wide receivers. DJ chalk, the, the speedster and Adam Thielen, the possession man. They still have Terrence Marshall Jr., one of my favorite LSU uh, wide receivers. He's there, and hopefully, you know, he'll learn underneath them. They picked up a tight end and added there to the team as well, then Hendon Hurt. 
Uh, they did a few other things to the defense. Shai Tuttle over there for the 3-4 defense they're trying to run. They added some help with uh, Von Bell over there. So at the end of the day, you see uh, the Carolina Panthers coming in and automatically Miles Sanders, Don't let's not forget Miles Sanders at the running back position, and they're automatically filling the major needs in the draft, and they've done a wonderful job in doing that. My only issue with the Carolina Panthers, and like I said, I'm just, just going to be unbiased as I possibly can be here, is that who do you think you're going to get out of the draft that's going to take this team to the playoffs in his first year that's a rookie-ass quarterback? Where they, where they do that at? You know? So my thing is this. When you put a guy on top of the team that never been there before, that never did, you know, and peep on his shoulders – the pressure of being a first-round draft pick and the pressures of being an instant winner, where you do that at? <laughs> it's going to take at least a couple of years before they get to that point. You know, and they're like, nah, man, we're going to start off. I mean, I hear you with that. I hear you, bro. And that's positive to be positive, but at the end of the day, I'm telling you that most rookie quarterbacks, you can't heap that kind of pressure on them. Of course, they're going to give them weapons around them, but he still got to learn. You know, and while he's trying to learn how to play or be a quarterback in the NFL, he got to worry about the Saints defense trying to crush him. Got to worry about all these other <laughs> flashing at him stuff that he never seen before, looks that he never seen before, disguising coverages coming at him. He's going to have to learn this stuff. So I would just tamper my, uh, you tell my Carolina people, kind of settle down on your expectations, you know? <laughs> You're going to heap this guy into a heap of trouble. So, you know, like I said, man, it, they're making some really good moves. And you put a young quarterback on that, which means you're going to have to take some time. It's going to take at least two years where you see some success. But you might, you know, you might have some improvement next year as you build toward the future. But I would caution you getting too excited about ch- challenging the Saints with a rookie quarterback. Now, they got a, a solid unit they got there. We'll see how it all looks. Now, we goes on to the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons made some really interesting moves as well. They got some help. David Onyemata goes on with Big Grady there in the middle. Kay Dallas helps out as a linebacker. They was able to put get Bates down there as a safety back there to help with their secondary. We know a lot of what happened with Atlanta last year. The defense was not as good as they uh, what they supposed to be, and they needed some help. They needed help pass rushing. So we think, obviously, we still have the draft to go. They added Kalias Campbell there, so they've definitely improved the defense. They still need some pass rush and help a few other things. But at the end of the day, Desmond Ritter is the guy that decides on how far the Atlanta Falcons go. Now, I love Tyler Algieri, you know, from BYU. I thought he was somebody the Saints should have grabbed, but yeah, whatever. But at the end of the day, they have some – they have Drake London there. We know that eventually they'll add some help. They did get Janu Smith to go along with Kyle Pitts. And Pitts and Kyle Drake, I mean, not Kyle Drake, uh, uh, Pitts and um, and uh, London Drake, they're fantastic young players. They still need some other stuff to go there. So we anticipate the Falcons probably going to add some help, some more help via the draft and being at the picking, where they're picking at, they anticipate getting a big defensive lineman out of uh, Georgia. At some point, if he's there or, you know, if they want to take a, a shot at him, that would most certainly help them as well. But at the end of the day, both Carolina and the Atlanta Falcons have to rely on young quarterbacks to come up 
and make things happen. Now, we know Ritter, Ritter played pretty decently for the Falcons when he came in on the back end of the season, but he has the rings of the team now. So it's most of this stuff, like we know the defense will help. We know that the special teams is decent, both with Carolina and Atlanta, but it all falls on the shoulders of young quarterbacks. So we have to see how that moves forward. And then, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All I can say about Tampa is they signed, uh, I know uh, Kyle, uh, what's his name? Uh, Baker Mayfield is not the end-all, be-all for Tampa Bay. Obviously, they're trying to set themselves up for some moves in the draft. You know, I can anticipate them probably doing some stuff, trying to move around in the draft and try to get some talent to help out uh, to do what they do. But at the end of the day, man, Atlanta, you know, a lot of people realize that, man, we just won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. We had Tom Brady here. Now what it was is like a shot in the arm of adrenaline. And now they're going back to what they were supposed to be, which was bottom dwellers. And they're moving like it. Now, like I said, they'll probably make some moves in the draft and try to get some talent there. Once again, that's building slow toward the future because most of the picks that you're going to pick up in the draft, they need time to learn what you're going to do. Sometimes that's two years or more for them to get the system down and contribute in the way you want them to. So we're looking at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is, is going to be, and they're pretty much going to be what we anticipated them to be. But the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be a team that you can look at and word on the streets that they're trying to go after Lamar Jackson and all this kind of stuff. But we'll see. But this will be the type of team that be like, yeah, man, if they don't get Lamar, they'll go after Hendon Hooker and put him in there, and there'll be a, a future team building toward the future because they knew that Tampa Bay Buccaneers people can't be too – uh, upset because we just two years ago just won a Super Bowl. Now you just got to wait for us to build this thing up. So they see they built themselves or they think that they got some patience from the a family base because they won that Super Bowl with Tom a couple of years ago and it's in, and they got to the playoffs a couple of times. So they, they work in the patience angle. So you're going to see how it shape up. But when you look at the NFC South and I put all that together and say, can the Saints – and the, the, the question is, will the Saints regain control of the NFC South? Well, hey, the only the only team there with a veteran quarterback, and like I said, I'm just telling the family members that don't know that's not who that um, a nation members. I'm just telling you, listen, you're putting a lot on young quarterbacks. We know that's difficult. It's a difficult game. We know that they're talented, but you got to let young quarterbacks give them an opportunity to learn the game. That is going to be a bit of a setback for you because you know, it's a long season, and it ain't just the fact that they're out there running it by itself. They got guys flying at them and all kind of stuff. That's the thing. I do think the Saints and the Saints offense will perform better in 2023. I also do think the Saints defense will step up and do a lot better than what they did last year because you, from a defensive line standpoint because you simply can't do no worse. The Carolina Panthers are a future team that's going to look pretty good in the future. I just don't think that they're uh, they're saying what what they look like. I I just can't see it with a young rookie quarterback you sitting on top of the team, unless it's Joe Montana. I mean, you (laughs) know, I just don't see that's too much pressure, too much pressure. Or you don't number one overall pick. Plus you got to get us into the playoffs. You're like, okay, I got you. We, I'm going to take it, man. That all, that's all fair and good. Or when the season is this off season, when the end season kicking, all that pressure, all that looks and coverage and guys knocking you on your tail and, you know, doing all this stuff that can weigh on these guys. And then there's such a thing as the rookie wall that they usually run into that these players hit, you know, all, all of them hit it. 
So, like I said, just I just think the Saints, based on all that, the, all these other teams are on a future trajectory. The Saints are built to win right now, and that's something that they're not talking about. The, the difference between the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the Saints are built to win right now. You know, G, that JG, that JD Wentworth or whatever. I want my one money and I want it now. You know, that JG, y'all remember that old JG Wentworth, right? <laughs> JG Wentworth, you know, the Saints are JG Wentworth, man. You know, I want my money and I want it right now. You know, that JG Wentworth, you know, I want my money and I want it right now. You know that? Uh, y'all know I'm looking it up, man. Did you? <laughs> uh, bust that JG Wentworth on y'all, man. I want my money and I want it right now. Say, get cash now for your structured settlement. JG Wentworth, cash now? It's your money. Use it when you need it. JG Wentworth is right. <laughs> it's my money and I need it now. <laughs> it's my money and I need it now. That's right. <laughs> There you go. It's my money, and I need it now. It's my money, and I need it now. <laughs> yeah, that's what we saying in the Who That Nation. That's what we telling the NFC South is my money, and I want it right now. And that's what it is in the Who That Nation. What it is is what it is. The Saints are built to win right now, and everybody else's future. It got when you got young quarterbacks at the helm. It takes time for these guys to figure it out. Anything else is unnatural and it's inorganic. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to work. Saints are the only, and that's, they're not saying that. They all, they're going to talk about, oh, the NFC South wide open. There's only one team in the NFC South that's built to win right now, and that's the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints is led by a veteran quarterback. New Orleans Saints is led by a veteran, a veteran staff that been there. They ain't the best in the world. But you give them the weapons and you would pray that they do the right thing with them. But they are built to win right now. Carolina is trying to get a rookie quarterback with the first round draft pick, whether it's CJ Strode or uh, Bryce Young. It doesn't matter. It's a rookie guy. Atlanta has a guy that played some games last year and he started for the first time in his career with the Falcons. Has some pressure on his back from Tyler uh, Hinky or Heineke, whatever his name is. So he has him behind him, pushing him. So we don't know how that's going to shape. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have Baker Mayfield. We know that that guy's not going to be, they're going to do something. You know, we know they're trying to, they, word on the street, they're looking at Lamar Jackson. We'll see how that looks. If not, they're going to take a quarterback in the draft. That's that's a lot of mock drafters have him taking Hendon Hooker. So they're on the future trajectory because of what happened to Tom Brady. And they've lost, you know, all of their key players are gone, except for their wide receivers and a few guys here or there. But some of the, the position and leadership at the position that matters, like the QB position, is, uh, is, is not there. So you would have a new guy coming in and to do something like that. So we'll see. But the Saints are the only team that's built to win right now in this division, you know, to be honest with you. Like, and once again, to our Carolina fa- Panthers family members and our Atlanta Falcons, y'all got young quarterbacks that haven't shown that they can do it or, you know, that can do it. Now, we know that they, or have, they have potential, whoever they may be, but they have not done it yet. And until they do, I'm just going to have to reserve judgment, baby, and rock with the, you know, the, with the New Orleans Saints, baby. 
Yeah, I got to, man. The bottom line is too much pressure. You're heaping on these guys too soon. Anyway, final comment, family. Let's get into this. We're going to talk about uh, this is coming from by way of the NFL draft ranking the top 10 defensive tackles. Now, this is the position of need that we're looking at going into the draft. Now, whether they take them in the first round, which is basically the second round pick, the 29th overall pick by the black and gold, could be one of these fellows. You know, could be. Of course, we know it ain't going to be this fellow unless he has a terrible day and drop all the way down to us. We know it won't be uh, Mr. Jalen Carter. We know it won't be him. But anyway, here's some of the prospects that are listening here. And of course, my boy KT is salivating watching this going on. All right, number 10 is Newton from Illinois, 6'2", 295. They got him listed as the next guy right here. One of the biggest risers in the draft. Played uh, 611 snaps at redshirt freshman. Uh, earned a 57.7 overall grade. He came back in 2022, looked like a completely different player after one of the most productive seasons in his position in the country. So six foot two, 295, uh, three technique position player, quick feet, hands, made the rack up. He did just that in 2022, 55 pressures on 30 run stops. And of course, you can see some of the film right here of him getting up the field right here. You can see he get there and make the play up there. So, I mean, this is a really interesting um, pickup that they're talking about with this kid. And I was looking at some film of him, Newton from Illinois. Uh, it uh, And like I said, 6'3", six, six, 295, just short of that. Got some speed to him. And also they mentioned Colburn. Now, I like Colburn a lot. 6'2", 344 pounds. These are guys that go later on. You know, you, you won't talk about a guy like Colburn going, I, I would probably say somewhere in, you know, after the third round, somewhere after that. Do it all nose tackle. And these are, and we talked about this. These are the type of players that the Saints need. They need, you know, nose tackles, guys that stuff, stuff the run, not tweener tackles. And, you know, and you look at the big guys we got, you need big, big guys. You need girth. You need beef in the interior that can be able to stop the run and, you know, and just make them really frustrated. You know, and, and when, when that happens, man, when we can stop them from running, we neutralize and turn into one-dimensional team. It allows Demario Davis and Pete Werner to fly around the field, drop into coverage, do whatever they want to do. And that makes life hell on the offense. But they have to play clean. They have to remain clean. They can't be having their names and everything uh, 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 or, or guys leaking out and put pressure on them and knocking them out the way. Colburn flashes first-round caliber combination power and quickness. Leads that to your draw. Now, he's a 344-pounder. And has violent hands and plays really well. Defensive tackle number 99. Right here. And you can see that big old sucker in there playing. <laughs> that big old sucker got the going up and that didn't he? Y'all he is right here. Look. Took on one dude, boy, and the other dude got the other guy. Say, come here, man, where you going? And got around and got into the backfield and disrupted the play. Just fought his way into the play. The guy couldn't handle him. So so Coburn is an interesting guy, 344 pounds. Now, you won't talk about nose tackle with power and punch, Mr. Coburn. All right, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, 6'4", 315. You getting the trend right here? You getting it? All right. They got him as a day two guy. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. 
When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Unique ability to get in the backfield opposing offenses when he pins his ears back. All 315 pounds can get moving in a hurry. As they're giving him a high grade, despite Benton having the length of a two-gap nose tackle. That's not a role that I love him and love him to play in the next level. Holding him up to double teams, playing low was an issue on the tape. That could be coached. And it says, if you're playing him on the nose, I give him the freedom to work upfield. Otherwise, Benton is probably suited as a 3-4 defensive end. If you watch uh, Benton plays, I think he could get into that position and play it. You just got to work with some of these guys because it's not like they don't have the strength, you know, the strength to do this. I think a lot of it, you you just have to work with these guys and kind of getting working on their technique and making them understand what you need them doing. Also, drafting guys that fit what you can do. Like we we should learn a lesson from what we did with the likes of Zach Bowen. Like when we took Zach Bowen, was a three four linebacker, and have him doing all this stuff and. Okay, we're going to use him as defensive end. Never did that because if you put uh, Zach Bowen out there as a defensive end, they're just going to run to his side. <laughs> they're going to audible. They see Zach Bowen in there, that quarterback eye is going to get as big as quarters. And they're going to audible to that side where Zach Bowen is, and they're going to audible, and they're going to run at Zach Bowen's size every time he's, he's out there. But anyway, I like these guys, man. I like what they bring to the, to the table. So, you know, that's Keanu Benton right here, number 95. Look, he just pushes the guy over, just pushes two men over, two big guys. Look, watch this. He gets there, just pushes the guy and pushes him into the guy. <laughs> just pushes him into the running back. Violent, violent move. This is just, that, that what you need. Look, he just takes the guy, pushes him into the play and just destroys everything. <laughs> he just destroyed the play by himself. That, you know, and, and, and the, he's good, man. He's good. Okay, we got a Jomo from Texas, 6'3", 284. Has shown promise in the past in 2022. He, he brought it on every single play. It earned him a decent grade there. He says he's uh, once provided a consistent disruptive force for the Longhorns, listed at 281. Play strength was not a concern. He could reset when the line wants it plays with great leverage. Now, that's one thing we did see when I watched film uh, on this guy is that he leverages good with him. He also has good power as well. So let's take a look at him here on the film right Look at that. You play it back right here. It just works up and down the line right there. Takes the guy, sees the look, he sees what he's doing and just works into the play. Just holds the guy, like keeps him on his hip and just works him into the play. So, yeah, it's real good tape on some of these guys, but you got to look at the full tape 
because I've seen most of all of these guys that they're talking about. Curl Brooks from Bowling Green's another. I think KT likes this guy. 6'4", 300, known as a, a gap penetrator. Brooks in the tweener category, not quite stuff enough to play every down or stout enough. De- defensive tackle, not quite long, uh, explosive enough to stay on the edge. Where he played for Bowling Green, still is quick, and uh, he plays with a 300-pounder. Is something like, well, it, he's saying that he's quick, and he plays with a 300-pounder is something I'm willing to bet on, especially when he translates to football. So 300-pound, they're saying that he's a little lighter than that. But, I mean, when i seen the kid play, i seen him play with strength. And power, man. So let me put this in. And this is the tape right here, him getting upfield right here and getting in there and look at him make the play on him. Yeah, and just he picks – look, it's just what they do, man. Like he gets that. Let me see if I can run it back so they can show you what he did here because this is kind of a bad situation. But look, Cal- Brooks gets in, right, knocks the ball away. And it's just like – it's just amazing, man, how some of these guys play, man. So it's a sack strip by Kyle Brooks. But it's, it's, it's fun watching some of these guys. He's the type of athlete that you can take a chance on, they're saying. So this is one of the top towns. So Carl Brooks is a guy. Carl Brooks is a guy that I've been looking at. I'm not really big on Carl Brooks. I got to look at more tape on him. I'll just be honest with you about that. Here's the big guy. We're talking about the big girthy guy. 6'3", 337 pounds. Guess who it is? It's Mr. Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Stout nose tackle. Smith has long term NFL starter written all over him. When he wants to drop an anchor, there's little chance of moving him against his will. Ability as long is growing more attractive. The NFL defense is trying to stop the run with light boxes. Mozzie Smith is a monster, man, to be honest with you. Number 58 here. You can see you ain't moving the guy, man. You ain't moving him. There he is right here. You see him? Look, he just went right over the guy. Look, it's just amazing, man. He gets here, swims. <laughs> he swimmed the guy. Look, he just look moves. Zoop, and the guy's out of the way, and he got back there and made the play. So it's like it's that's pretty good for a big guy, man. That's pretty good. And you got plays like he does stuff like this all the time, where he gets penetration into the backfield. Uh, it takes two people to block him, and usually he's nasty. He's big. And he, he does give you a push up the interior, which is an added commodity that we used to in the Houdat Nation when we had David on Yamada performing the same feats. Even Sheldon Rankins was doing that. The only question left for Smith is, is, is why four years and with one of the best athletic profiles you'll see from a nose tackle hasn't translated to affecting the pass and more. Registered only 23 pass, pressures on 368 pass rushing snaps this season. That may never be his game at the next level. We don't know. But what we do know is the right coach get a hold of Mozzie Smith. They can make him a monster for the team. And it also depends on who you got on the other side of you, too. Remember, we talked about how when you had Cam Jordan doing what he does, if Cam had a compliment to him on the end position, like we've been looking for a compliment for Cam since Junior Gallette left. So if you can get somebody over there that can help out, right, that can take advantage and beat a single blocker and get sacks on that side, that forces the offenses to make adjustments, whether they got to slide protection that way or add an extra blocker over there. But if you got a guy that's performing in a, in a way where he's a problem, that helps out Cam because they got to move, they, you know, they got to move them guys around and try to stop who they need to stop to stop the bleeding. So 
you, the offensive, the defensive line works together as a unit. And if you can have somebody on the other side or another guy playing next to you, that's brutal. That helps everybody's job make it a hell of a lot easier. Let me tell you something. One of my, this is probably one of my favorite guys in the entire draft because I love his film. Watching him is Kalaja Kansi from Pittsburgh. People ask me, hey, Q, what do you think of him? He's undersized. He's six feet tall, 280. They're comparing this guy to Aaron Donald, which I wouldn't want to do that. But I can see why they're doing that because of how Kalaja Kansi plays the game. Fantastic defensive tackle. I don't think he'll be available at 29 if the Saints really want him. They got to move up to go get him. But this guy is special, man. He's a special player. He's special, man. He's special. Look at him. Number eight for you right here. He's positioned right here. He beats his guy, gets up, and gets right there and makes the play upfield. Very fast player. Good moves. When people talk about his size or whatnot. But listen, Kalaja Kansas is probably my favorite interior defensive lineman. I'm not going to lie. I, I do the Saints get Kalaja? I see mock drafts where he goes down. I, there's no win in God's green earth that Kalaja Kansas goes all the way down to the 29th spot for the Saints to pick him. He's going to be gone anywhere between 10 to 20. I mean, it's just he's just too good, man. And that, the, the Aaron Donald comparisons, I'm going to hold that, man, because that's a lot to heap on people, man. You be throwing around Aaron. Oh, he remind me of Aaron. Man, no, man. There's only one Aaron Donald. But the guy has potential. I can see what they're talking about. All right, here you go. Big Ika, the dancing bear from Baylor, 6'4", almost 360 pounds. <sighs> wow. Ika's lateral agility as his size is slight to behold. Centers expected him to try to play through them. Ika consistently left them grasping at air over the course of Baylor's career. He picked up 51 pressures in two years after trans after uh, from transferring from LSU because yeah, Ika was big time. He was was with us for a while before he made a name for himself over there. He did some stuff there, but he really developed for Baylor. I got to give him that. He really developed for them. So yeah, but he's a massive person. Biggest thing keeping Ika from getting a true first round grade work is workload. Average under 35 snaps a game for Baylor. Combine that with the fact that his weight is going the wrong way at 340 when he left LSU to 350 last year to 358. So he just loved his food, man. <laughs> Wonder how much of an impact NFL team can get from a man that size. They got to, you know, they're going to get that weight under control, man. But Eco, man, is just one of these guys that's just tough, man. You know, look look at him getting up the field. He's one, he's one of these big, man, he just ain't a big guy that's just big for no reason these are guys that take multiple people to block them now although i think mozzie smith is more uh skilled than Ika is i like Ika. i just don't think he's a guy that uh i don't know i think i think mozzie's better than him man i, I think mozzie's more athletic i think he's more um skilled than Ika. between mozzie smith and those guys but either way Ika kind of reminds me of a vita Vey. You know, like a, a Vita Vey type, even though Vita Vey uh, kind of reminds me of Vita Vey. That's what uh, Ika kind of reminds me of, a big Vita Vey type. All right, number two, Brian Barisi. A lot of people not too cr- crazy about Brian Barisi. 6'5", 305 pounds out of Clemson. Long, versatile athlete, former number one overall recruit out of high school. Lived up to his lofty billing, but the tools are still there. He barely played through seeing a grand total of 884 snaps across three seasons for various reasons, most notably an ACL tear in 21. Look no further than the the ACC championship game against North Carolina 
You see why Barisi still thought of as such a high regard despite his 302 snaps in 2022. He ranked up five pressures, racked up five pressures in 18 pass rushing snaps in dominant fashion. And they even, he said, they even had the 300 pound, uh, 300 plus pounder rushing off the edge where he shared, showed his prestigious athletic gifts. So Barisi is a guy that a lot of people uh, are talking about. Yeah, you can see him pursuit the guy and force him to throw it out of out of bounds here. He's coming off the edge right here, showing him showing his uh, ability. So he gets up under the guy there, chases him down, 6'5", 300 pounds. A lot of people, and I've heard this before, shout out to several family members that told me, it's like, man, Q. Barisi is, is a guy that needs some work, right? He needs work. He's big. He has some athletic ability. He needs to work on his technique some more, his leverage. Plays too high at times. I've seen that. I've seen film actually show that he plays a little high, too high at times. But you can see him right there when he played edge, he was able to bend and get up under that guy. You seen that? That's a 6'5", 300-pound guy. So you see the athleticism there. But uh, is Brian Barisi going to be there for when the Saints pick? I, I don't think so. Barisi's probably going to be gone as well. And, of course, number one pick, we don't probably even have to watch the tape on this guy. Jalen Carter, now, he had a horrible pro day. You know, that looked really bad, but is that enough to scare him off? He had some weight gain issues that he picked up on, but is that really enough to scare these people off of Jalen Carter? He might slide a bit or two, but not far. Jalen Carter is a top five prospect for you. He more than likely probably going to be the first defensive tackle taken off the board. And besides, he's nowhere close to where the Saints will be able to pick him up. If they really wanted this kid, they would have to go up there and go get him. And of course, this is against my Tigers right here. When he was up in there making plays against him. Here he is right here, getting in there, causing problems to my Tigers. That's the play when he lifted them up. Look, just two defenders getting through. Look, he's just unreal. The guy is awesome, man. Look, he gets there to him. And it's just through this whole game, he's just like, look, he gets there, calls pressure, calls problems. Look, good technique gets there and finds the ball carrier here, one on one, beats him like a drum, gets in the face of the quarterback. Here, splits the offensive lineman to cause pressure problems. And, and it's just one of the same, man. The guy is just terrific, man. He's terrific. Look at him. He's terrific. He's he's tough, man. Look, he, he got impeccable intelligence too, man. It's like he's rushing, but at the same time, he's keeping his eyes upfield, looking for where the ball is. So if you can get this guy, man, that would be a big find for you. And uh, only to help your defense. So Atlanta looking at them, we'll see, man. But these are the top 10 guys that we could be looking at here. All right, Big Low, what's up to my dog, Big Low, in this thing, man? Shout out to Big Low. Uh, good to see you on the shout out to my brother, Low. Travis, shout out to you as well. Let's do a brief, brief recap. KT said you need to, he said you need guys to stop the run. That's the only reason I don't want us to draft Kalaja Cancer Q. I hear you with that, KT. I hear you, brother. I hear you. Uh, and don't you don't have to worry about that because the Saints won't draft Kalaja Cancer because he won't be there. <laughs> and when the, when the twenty ninth pick, he gonna be long gone, bro. All right, but he be raising hell against you. Let me tell you something. All right, so anyway, we started the show and a quick uh, recap of the stream, man. As we got uh, Saints are hosting Hendon Hooker for a Tuesday visit tomorrow, so he'll be in the building. Saints to talk to him. Of course, he's coming off that ACL tear. Uh, for the season, could the Saints be in the looking for a young quarterback to take up the reins once uh, Carr is his uh, time is up? Wouldn't be a bad move to look at getting him, especially the way the Saints are using 
uh, free agency, they appease a lot of the needs and they can afford to kind of move around and draft the way they want to in a draft. Could that be something they do for Hendon Hooker? Could this be a look to get that done? And also the Saints signed, re-signed Andrew Dole to bring him back amongst the rest of the linebackers we have here. The special team linebacker comes back for cheap with the black and gold. We covered that. We also talk about will the Saints regain control of the NFC South in 2023. So we covered that in the broke that down as well in today's stream. And then we talked about some of the top defensive tackle prospects coming up in this uh, draft in late April. So very interesting. And then, of course, finally, man, shout out to once again to our LSU Lady Tigers as they clinched the NFC, the, the National Champion Woman Basketball Trophy. And you're looking at a picture of Angel Reese <laughs> showing that ring finger uh, to Caitlin Clark. <laughs> Great shot right there. And do you see uh, Caitlin looking? <laughs> ah, of course, it is saying that the parade will start. The parade will take place on Wednesday for our families when the championship parade will set for. It'll be on this upcoming Wednesday at 7 p.m. starting at the PMAC. So congratulations to the Lady Tigers, man. They made us all proud. They played well this season, and they capped it by beating Iowa. And Kate and uh, Caitlin Clark, man, she is awesome, man. She shoots that ball so well. But you could tell the LSU Lady Tigers were giving her that business, man. They, she was throwing elbows, trying to create space because she couldn't. She didn't. They were so fast and all over that she couldn't get away from them. So only thing she could do is kind of, kind of give them a little wing right there to try to create space to get a shot off. Now she did have like thirty something points in the game, but several of her teammates picked up uh, fouls and fouled out. Actually, two of the of which were uh, very valuable people to the team. They fouled out, and that kind of systematically really showed Iowa what time it is. But them them women played so good. That was such a good game. All right, so shout out to the women. All right, so with that being said, man, uh, yeah, I, I hear you, KT, Carl Brooks. I hear you, bro. We covered them. Yeah, I ain't going to sleep on them, bro. All right, so with that being said, shout out to the fam. Appreciate y'all being here. Please feel free to hit the like button. If you hadn't hit that like button, hit it. Uh, hit the subscribe button as well and subscribe. Also, feel free to share the show on your social media feed. We up in this thing. So for my, we'll pop back and return tomorrow for our Patreon champions. Tomorrow, our uh, Tuesday stream for our YouTube membership and our Patreon champions. We'll be back. We'll talk some more Saints. We'll kind of give you an update on the Hinton Hooker thing. We got another mock draft coming at you. and We'll cover some more draft stuff as well on the Tuesday stream. And then, of course, for the regular family members, we'll bounce back Wednesday. Also, for the Pelican Post Game Report family members, tomorrow the Pels take on the Sacramento Kings. In the Smoothie King Center, we'll have the live scoreboard followed by the Pelican, uh, the Pelican report, Post Game Report recap stream. So with that being said, we're going to get out on that. Much love to the fam. Appreciate y'all, man. Y'all keep your heads up, and then we're going to holler at you later. Peace. Yeah. Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please.
please better help. Running this thing like Elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Bucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much to touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishing and you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Love's funny like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, eh. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.